They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'ma get more guys to help me run the whole Yo guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the CW Clinic. I am CW. My name is Christopher Warns. For those of you that don't know me in person, I want to welcome everyone to our podcast uh, today. Just in case it's if it's your first show, you're in for a little bit of a treat. I'm uh, I'm going on a fucking tangent today. All right, you'll get to know me real quick. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about today, which are pertinent to the last few weeks of my life. And the sole purpose to this show is to teach everyone how to save some time and learn from my mistakes. That's our entire mission is to help everyone. And I am the type of guy that learned my lessons the hard way. And I like to be able to use my mistakes as lessons to teach other people. So again, that's the premise to the whole show. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get into this here uh, first things first, right off the rip, uh, before I introduce my co-host, who is always with us. But yeah, I really want to go over this one thing that's kind of been bothering me a little bit. Uh, so for those of you that don't know me, uh, I've been doing mixed martial arts on and off for about a decade now. Some, I think it's been about 11 years. I started in 2008, I believe. But uh, through the past three years have been very consistent. And my favorite mixed martial art is jiu-jitsu. I love jiu-jitsu and I compete in jiu-jitsu. Uh, I've competed in several tournaments. I've won every tournament except one. I lost by two points. But what I want to get at is this year, 2019, excuse me, 2018, uh, I competed as a blue belt and I only competed once and I, it was a solid performance. It was my best performance. And my goal was, or so I thought my goal was, and you'll understand here in a second, was to compete at uh, the hardest uh, level imaginable uh, in the world tournament for jiu-jitsu, for blue belts at my weight. And I was prepping myself for worlds, and I was... I was doing really, really, really well. And my warm-up for Worlds was the New York Open, which we've talked about on other podcasts. It's arguably one of the hardest tournaments on the East Coast. And I I, I won. I, I performed very, very, very well. I moved very well. My technique was pretty good considering my level of blue belt. I was very happy with my performance. And then... Uh, today is the 16th, I believe. World, the world tournament took place on the 14th and the 15th. And I had a seat booked. I was supposed to go with my training partner and my coach. We were all going to go out to Worlds and beat the fucking shit out of everybody. And, uh, you know, I booked my ticket months ago. I, I was ready to go. And then something happens. And what I want to talk about is... 
when your heart isn't in something, you don't do it. All right. And I've learned that. And I want to I want to use this example to teach everyone. When I won the New York Open, I was ecstatic. And I was on the phone with one of my friends immediately afterwards. And she was like, hold on a second. Pay attention. You just won. Celebrate that moment. Don't talk about worlds yet. Because I was immediately thinking about worlds and kicking the fucking shit out of everybody there. And I never really took time to think about the actual victory and let it marinate. And once I did over those next couple of days, I realized that my heart wasn't in competing at Worlds about two, three weeks after the New York Open. And uh, my heart just wasn't in it. You know, I was training really, really hard with my training partner. Um, I, I was doing well, I was performing well. Um, I just, I wasn't having fun. And fitness is supposed to be fun to everybody. And one of my forms of fitness is mixed martial arts. And I started to look at it as work, showing up every day, beating the shit out of people, getting the shit beaten out of me. And my body was starting to hurt. And when I say my body was starting to hurt, my body hurts for weeks on end, weeks, not, not days, like weeks, if not months, outside of chronic pain that I live with from my lifestyle growing up. But, you know, everyone, everyone that knows me was asking me, like, you going out to Worlds? Or in this case, last week when I was at my, my jiu-jitsu school, you know, everyone there was like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you out at Worlds? And I would have to explain in, in a general sense, hey, my heart wasn't in it. And a lot of a lot of people will judge off of that. Oh, you know, he just couldn't hack it or he's scared or whatever the fucking stupid shit that people fucking spew out of their mouth is said. And it I don't care. I, I honestly don't care. And if, if you don't if if you're new to me, I can give a fuck less what people think about me. I'm the guy that you could say whatever the fuck you want and I just laugh at you for having a limited like mind to be able to process the reality of the situation. And uh, and I don't I don't laugh at you harshly. I just chuckle to myself. Um, and I don't care what anybody fucking says, but I started to realize that, you know, people people thought that what I was saying was an excuse. And it wasn't by any means a fucking excuse. I'm not going to put my body through something so severe and traumatic and put my mind through something and pull away my time from my companies and my people and my environment to do something my heart isn't in. And I think we've all been there at one point or another, but when it comes to something so so pertinent you know you got you got to realize my mindset is i'm going to go in and i'm going to win so when i come home when i if i had gone to la and competed at worlds when i come home i would have said i'm a world champion all right in jiu jitsu you don't just get to say that okay you have to be a world champion and it's the best talent in the world all right and i would have come home and i would have been like i'm a world champion if someone asks, you know, I'm a world champion blue belt, which you don't hear first and foremost. Um, but I wouldn't really care. 
I don't, I wouldn't, I honestly don't care to be a world champion. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Sure, I can't beat anybody up in, in jiu-jitsu, but that's not the point. You know, most people that I roll with, I, I, I'll get the better of. But that's also not the point. The point is, I don't fucking care to be a world champion. It's not my dream, all right? I don't care, and that's why my heart wasn't in it. And, you know, all, all said and done, I'm happy I didn't go. I really am. I'm really happy I didn't go because that training was taking away from being around my people. All right. And I I love my people and I love to show up to work every day. And I love to interact with my customers. And I love to interact with my staff, especially. And I I enjoy interacting with people that share my mindset that have a love for fitness and uh and and the training for worlds was taken away from it and one of the hardest things i had to do was i had to look my training partner in the face and be like yo i'm not going to worlds because my training partner yuri outstanding dude outstanding training partner that's his dream to be a world champion and i told him i would go to worlds with him but i had to make the decision that Hey, I got to focus on my shit. And if I don't have my heart in something, I'm not going to do it. And imagine if I went out to Worlds with my heart on it and I beat everybody up. I would think I'm a disgrace in myself because I didn't put my heart in it. And I just really wanted to talk about how important it is to follow your heart. If it's not in something, if it's not in the business, if it's not in the job, if it's not in school, if it's not in the relationship, if it's not in the sport, don't fucking do it, all right? Don't half-ass it because no one likes a half-asser. And I wasn't going to half-ass the world championship. And, you know, there was only three guys in my bracket in the first place, and two of them I beat in New York. I, I, I'm not going to half-ass something. But that's why I didn't do Worlds, guys. It's because my heart wasn't in it. And I'm just trying to give you guys a lesson and an example of how I operate. And I only do things whole-assed, all right? 100% in, not half-assed. All that booty. On that note, all right, we're going to talk about some other shit. But my co-host, our co-host, the producer... The most handsome co-host, mm. Stephen Taft, is here with us every podcast. I just had to fucking spit some fire real quick. Steve, what's going on, dude? Uh, you know, I, I was sitting here, guys, before we went live, and uh, Chris was like, dude, I'm going to go off today. I was like, stop right there. Don't tell me shit. I want to sit here. I want to experience this with the listeners. And a whole bunch of thoughts just came to my head as you were speaking, dude. Um I just want to, I want to react to something he said real quick that I think is super important. Uh, it's it's actually a discussion that's helped have been happening a lot amongst me and the people that I pursue my passions with. Um, why are we doing this? I ask this question probably twenty times a week now. Why are we doing this? Why are you doing this? If you can't fucking answer that question honestly, why are you doing it? It's a waste of your time. Go do something that you want to be doing or should be doing. So when you're sitting there going, 
I was half-hearted in it. Why am I doing this as opposed to why am I doing that? If you can't answer it, fuck it. You know what? If other people have a problem with that, here's my left and right nut. Have fun. Whole ass, always. Always. Whole ass. Always whole ass, man. I, 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 I like that. That was the first time I was hearing that, folks. Usually we, we talk about these things in uh, pre-production when we're sitting here shooting the shit. I like that story, man. I actually do. I like it. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, I probably had the conversation 40 times mm-hmm. in the past week with 40 different people. And uh, anyone that knows me well, the handful of those people that I had the conversation with, completely understand because they know how I tick. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's most important. And I, you know, explaining myself to certain people is, is challenging because my way of thinking is, God, what's a good way of putting it? Larger than, than a lot. And uh, it's, it's a hard thing to comprehend. It's really a hard thing. And I still am judgmental, and I really try not to criticize in judgment, judgment, judge others. You know, Dale Carnegie 101, um, Dr. Swartz 101, Magic of Thinking Big, excellent book, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, they teach you, don't criticize, don't judge. And it's something that I do work on. And for the most part, I'm, I don't do it very much. And for the most part, most people do. Uh-huh. I think it's almost human nature. And, and that's cool. Like, that's cool if that's what you do. That's just not what I do. All right. And I'm talking about the feedback that I get from people judging and criticizing and using it as an example of a lesson. It didn't bother me one fucking bit. What did bother me was, hey, why can't you fucking think bigger? And that's why we have a podcast. Oh, man. The the tangents I could go on, but I don't want to quite <laughs> get there yet. I don't want to quite get there yet. I, just, I do want to respond to, to one one little piece that uh, that you said there about not judging others and, and knowing what the correct actions are and, and so on. Um, dude, knowing what you should be doing and doing what you should be doing are two fucking different things. And I don't think people realize how hard you have to work on that. It doesn't just happen. It's not just a light switch. Oh, I got to stop judging motherfuckers. No, you have to actively Stop judging people. You have to make that decision to do it. And every time you want to judge somebody, you've got to tell yourself, no, we can't do that. Let's look at it through the other side. Or or to make it a little more personal to me, last night, for about three hours, I had the patient pants on, man. I wasn't cussing nobody out. I wanted to. But then I hit that threshold, which is good because now I know where that is. And the patient pants came off and I dog cussed the shit out of somebody. But the point is, is old me would have lost it in the first three minutes. New me lasted almost three hours before I lost my shit. That's an active choice that you have to make. Mm -hmm. If you want to think this way, it doesn't just fucking happen. If you want to be a big picture kind of person, you don't just go, okay, I think big picture now. You fucking work on that shit. You develop that mental skill. 
which is probably a huge part of our next topic. You manifest that shit. Yep. So, so Chris, you said you wanted to talk about two things today. We talked about worlds and this other one. Guys, I'm coming at this. Listen, normally I ask him shit to try to prepare myself with questions. He told me, and I quote, I'm just going to spit some fucking fire today. And I said, cool. Stop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. Uh, and, and I respect Steve for understanding my position today and, and wanting to allow me to and help me to do this. Uh, and today, you know, I'm going to get in depth about being an entrepreneur. Uh, this podcast primarily is self-development. Sure. And we've talked a lot about self-development already. And, but we've briefly discussed what I do Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that don't know me personally. And fundamentally, what I am and what I do is I'm an entrepreneur. All right. A lot of people, including myself, when I first heard the word, couldn't spell it, nor understood what it fucking means. All right. And we're going to talk about that. First things first, being an entrepreneur you have to whole ass everything. Whole ass. Whole, whole ass it. And it kind of bridges into what we just discussed, but there's something inside of you that is a burning fucking passion to do. And it could be anything. And the one of the podcasts that I listen to the most, and I'm going to use as an example, is Andy Frisella. If you don't listen to the motherfucking CEO podcast, let me say, let's put it to you this way. If you like this podcast, if it resonates with you, listen to the MF CEO project by Andy Frisella, the motherfucking CEO, the MF CEO. All right. Dudes fucking single-handedly in 17 years built $150 million companies. That's 10 figures. As an entrepreneur. He just had to count. <laughs> I did. I did. I just had to count. You remember when your fucking, your school teacher told you, you're not going to have a fucking calculator next to you? Well, I most of the time do, and I would have had to count the zeros on that one, but I'm sharp enough to where I could hopefully make the decision. But anyways, the fucking point is, all right, being an entrepreneur is the second hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And to, f- to explain the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, I don't, expect e- I don't expect anyone to understand the difficulty of the number one and number two hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Number one, hardest thing I've ever done in my fucking life. Steve, what do you think? See, there's the obvious answer, and then there's the not obvious answer. The obvious answer I want to say going to war, the not obvious answer is firing somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're a sharp motherfucker, Steve. War. Uh, I'm going to write a book, and I've been saying this for 2018, and it's on my 10-year goal list. I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to write a book about war. But until we get to that point, unless you've been to war, 
it's very difficult to understand. It's like if you're a guy and you try to understand having a child come out of you. It's like, mm, like I, I get it. Like that shit probably hurts. Looks like you're in some serious pain. Oh, and by the way, the year that you just spent or three quarters of a year that you just spent incubate, you know, developing that baby also looked pretty hard. Like as dudes, we, we understand it. Right. But we can't, like, wrap our fucking head around it. And all the power to women that fucking have and raise children. I mean, that's one thing in my life that I openly accept I'll never understand. And it's similar when it comes to war. Unless you've been there, and, and the amount of people that have experienced war, combat, and war to the amount of women that have had babies is, and I don't know the exact percentage or if it's ever been looked at, but it's 1%. 1% of the military, 1% of the military has experienced combat. 1% of the population is in the military, okay? We're talking, we're talking very few people understand war, all right? And it's so fucking hard that I'm very happy that I experienced it because it's given me my perspective on life. And if you want to hear my perspective on life, listen to episode number one. All right. I talk about getting wounded in combat. Uh, and I'm grateful for every day that I'm alive because of it, which is my perspective. First thing I do in the morning, first fucking thing I do in the morning, out of all of the pain that I'm in from war, and I'm in a lot of pain. My, I'm 33 years old. I'm in a shitload of pain when I wake up in the morning. I hobble my ass over to the sink and I start washing my face and I count my blessings. And my first blessing out of my mouth every morning is thank you for today. And then I look down at my feet that are on the floor. And if you can grasp that perspective, you're ahead of fucking everybody in life. All right. Because you will suddenly become happy. But anyways, the point is, war is extremely difficult, and I was, I was, I was in combat for 25 months. Right? It's something insane to wrap your head around. Not to, not not to take away from the fact that I was wounded in combat while I was there. The second hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and this was a realization that I had last week, Steve. I've built a million dollar brand. Mm. As an entrepreneur, over the past 10 years, I've eaten so much shit in business. We're not even talking about war. That was four years prior. In the past 14 years, I've eaten so, so much shit being in the military, or 15 years. Yeah, 15. The point is 10 years in business. I've eaten so much fucking shit that I choose to no longer eat shit, okay? And before I get into the fucking meat of it, yeah, I'm the fucking guy. I love, I love to take pictures of my cars, of my watches, of me traveling. Yeah, because 10 years fucking later, I can I remember when I first started my second apartment, it was right down the street from where I am right now. 
It was a basement apartment. I couldn't make rent. When it would rain like it is today, water would come in. All right. Now, I can compare that to Iraq where I didn't have a motherfucking pillow and I couldn't shower for a week on end, which made me pretty happy that I was only dealing with water. But we live in fucking one of the wealthiest countries in the world in one of the wealthiest states in the country and I got fucking water coming in my apartment and I can't even pay rent. My, my fucking dog, Frank, would, would whine because he was wet and he couldn't cross the puddle and I didn't have fucking food to feed him. I'd give him my chicken and rice. Ten years later, that motherfucker has a human bed to lay in. And he gets salmon and filet on his fucking dog food. Right? It took 10 years for me. Every, if I want to go out and eat steak and lobster every single day, for lunch and dinner I can. Why? Because I like steak and lobster. And because I've gotten to the point that I can. Now, do I do that? No. Do I do it once or twice a week? Sometimes more? Absolutely. I, I had lobster twice this week. I love lobster. I actually had king crab... King, oh, yeah. king crab leg last night mm. and lobster. See, I love lobster, but king crab. Ooh, dude, it was my first time having king crab oh, leg. So kinky. I was over at. I'm gonna give my boy a plug, uh, Attilio, uh, owner of Cast Iron Chef in New Haven on State Street. He's got a phenomenal steakhouse, but he had some baller ass king crab mm. leg for the raw bar, dude. Ooh, that was good. I never had king crab leg. Like, I I can't in one episode talk about how how hard 10 years have been. But, you know, people will see me for many things. Superficial, materialistic, cocky, all this shit. I hear hear it on on a daily, not on a daily basis, but often. And again, I don't give a flying fuck what anybody thinks. Because I'll be over here eating my fucking steak and lobster while you're pointing the finger saying... Some bullshit that makes no sense while you're miserable as fuck. Leave me out of this. No, not you. (laughs) Yo, but the point that I'm getting at is, you know, like, I'll just use this past week as an example. All right. The shit that I have to do on a daily basis. Yeah, you see everything I post and all that shit, but you don't see like, hey, Chris, There's no heat in the gym right now. What do we do? That's what the entrepreneurs call the punch to the face every day. On an everyday basis, I get punched so fucking hard in the face by things that have to get dealt with because there's no one else to deal with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm good at dealing with these things at this point, but... No one else is going to fucking deal with it. No one else is going to be able to diagnose the issue or pay for the problem. And when we don't have heat going through a 20,000 square foot fucking warehouse, that shit's expensive. We're talking thousands of dollars just to fix a problem. All right. So I get my ass up on the, as soon as I walk in, I haven't even put my bags down yet. Boom, Chris, we got this serious problem. Boom, punch across the face. Okay, let's fucking handle it. Go up, go up on the roof, put my, put my bags down first and foremost, go up on the roof, find the seven industrial units to pinpoint the one that's not working in that area, pull that shit apart, take a look at it, call the HVAC guy, who's my boy, Benny, 
Benny drops what he's doing, comes down, takes a look at it. Within the next 48 hours, it's fixed. All right. In the beginning of my entrepreneurial like journey, I was dealing with water on the ground and my dog not being able to step over it. You know, let me stop you real quick. Let me stop you real quick because I don't want you to get too far from the topic. All right. You said something earlier and I wanted to let you get done with, with the journey from puddle on the ground to fucking solving problems now in your million dollar businesses. If you're that person, listen, Chris could tell you, I, I, I drive a six year old car. I make do with life. I have clothes on my back. I look at him, my boy. My cars are four and five years old, by the way. I look at I look at my boy over here with his vehicles and his watches and his vacations. Now I say fucking good. If you're that person that's sitting there shitting on somebody else's shine, you don't know where they've been. You don't. You know I I get I get that there's a lot of people out there that want to. I call it fake floss, and they inherited that shit and want to act like they built it. Yo, it's for the gram, son. Let me buy those Jordans and put it on the gram, and you have no savings. You know. When somebody fucking goes from nothing to something, stop shitting on them because you're jealous. Because that's what it fucking is. You're shitting on them because you're jealous. Man or woman up and go get that shit for yourself if you want to be petty about it. Stop shitting on other people's shine. It fucking drives me nuts. You know what? If you're not happy with what you got, go get more. And if you're not going to do what it takes to go get more, stop shitting on other people's shine. Well, well said, Steve. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that outlook that you have. And, and and don't get me wrong. Most people I know in my personal life have that outlook, and that's why they're in my personal life. The point that I'm getting at is what I, what we have to do on a daily basis as an entrepreneur is the hardest fucking shit out of any job title, and I'm talking it's harder than fucking doctors, okay? Yeah, I have no, utmost respect for MDs, okay? You're a doctor, good for you. Unless you're like a brain surgeon or like a heart, like a cardiac surgeon or something that's extremely, extremely niche in the MD community, my job's fucking harder than you. It's harder than everybody. The amount of shit I have to deal with on a daily basis would break a nine-to-fiver daily. Don't believe me? Fucking come work with me for a week. See how you like it, okay? Every fucking day we get punched in our face. Every fucking day we get shit on. Every fucking day we have people talking shit. Why? Because we're trying to make a better life for not only us, but everybody in my life. Well, I, we just want more. Also, I mean, you got roughly 100 people that if you fuck up, it directly affects their jobs, their performance, their paycheck. Their It's not just you. You have a whole fucking business that's riding on your back. I have key personnel in my companies that depend on the companies to pay their fucking mortgage. Yeah. And if you fuck up, there goes their house. Because without your company, they don't have those uh, positions. And the, uh, the, the real is, I had two realizations this past week. And one of them is, and I said this earlier, I've built a million dollar brand. Mm-hmm. Me. No, nothing was handed. 
Nothing. For 10 years. Now I can relax a little bit. Now I can go to the nicest steakhouses. Now I can fucking go wherever I want, whenever I want. Now, if my friends are in need financially, I could be like, yo, let me help you. Now, I could fucking wear whatever I want and, and be, have clothes tailored for me. Now, now, after all of that. But the eating of the shit doesn't stop, okay? My daily grind is so much fucking harder than most people can imagine. I'm not fucking... Ra Steve, raise your hand. Do you ever hear me complain about what I have to do? My hand's not up. I know you can't see it. No, it's because my perspective. My perspective is there's a reason why I'm on this earth, and that's to help people. It's to help people in their jobs, I guess you could say, in employment, in growing, in development and in fitness that's why i'm here so guess what i'm the guy that's got to handle the hard shit got it check perfect put me in coach i i don't complain about it all right but being an entrepreneur is something that resonates inside of you and you have a burning passion mm -hmm. to do something it's not about making money okay I honestly can sit here and tell you, I don't know how much money I make. I don't. Because I don't fucking pay attention to the money. Money is the byproduct of what you can offer the world. Okay? People exchange their time for money. All right? I could tell you within a ballpark what I made last year. I don't, I don't actually know. Because I don't fucking care. I don't. I don't. And let me tell you something. I don't ball out. I don't buy bottles and do stupid shit. Okay? Could I? Absolutely. Every weekend if I wanted to. All right? But I don't. I want to help people. I'm a fucking entrepreneur. There's a burning passion inside me to do something. And I've figured out why I'm on this earth. And that's to fucking help people. Okay? My specialties are in leadership, management, and fitness. And that's how I help people. And one thing that burns my ass more than people judging and criticizing is all these fake fucking entrepreneurs. Yo, I saw the other day. <laughs> I talked about not shitting on people shine, but I got to bring this up. I, I don't social media often. You know this. I, I've audited the shit out of my social media. But I saw a post the other day that, that uh, cracked me up. It was a screenshot of somebody else who says... Job, entrepreneur, person DM them. What do you make? What's your company? They haven't made shit. These fake-ass entrepreneurs that aren't out there really actually doing it but want to claim it. I'm the dude that will clap for you when you succeed at whatever you do. I want you to be successful. I want these entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs. I want you to outgrow me. I'm waiting for the day that someone that I've groomed outgrows me i'm grooming several people right now but the point is i want you to be successful but i don't want you to fucking lie to people and take their money right motherfucker stop going standing in front of your dad's ferrari and taking <laughs> pictures 
Get out of your fucking mother's basement and go live on your own and be independent. Stop getting fucking photo shoots and making people think that you're successful. What have you built? Ooh, first things first, I don't think I'm some special entrepreneur. All right, I've reached a level to where I've built a million dollar brand, okay? And the people that I wanna be around have built $100 million brands, $200 million brands, the bees, bro. I'm not talking millions, I'm talking billions, billions. okay? I don't think I'm some special fuck, but I can spot a fake, okay? Example, example, perfect example. I went to the gas station the other night in Allentown, West Haven, where I live. It's an interesting area, to say the least. Those of you that know me know that I donate as often as I possibly can, not just financially, but to put a financial number on it, I donate about $1,000 a month, give or take, one to $2,000 a month. That's what I donate, okay? That's more than some people make in a month, all right? I, it doesn't matter if someone's homeless. If they walk up to me, I'm going to give them money. All right? I, I look for opportunities to give back. I can spot a fake so fucking quick. This dude fucking walks up to me. All right? He goes, he, first things first, he sees me pulling in my car. Because he, he was walking some way, saw my car, looked over at me. I seen his fucking eyes light up. Ooh, money signs, money signs, money signs. This guy's got money. I get out of my fucking car. I start walking up. He goes, hey, yo, hey, yo, 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 times are tough, man. I'm homeless. Yo, you got any extra money? Now, if he didn't say a thing and just was like, hey, man, can you spare a dollar? I would have given it to him. But he lied to me. I, what I did was I looked him up and down. And I looked him in the face and I go, I would have given you money, but you fucking lied to me. You're not homeless. Oh, yo, 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 the typical backtracking when you call someone out. And I walked away. I could spot someone fake like that, lies, fake entrepreneurs. Like, I don't know, it's just a skill set that I've developed. Stop. Listen, just because you're unemployed doesn't mean you're an entrepreneur, okay? And if you're an entrepreneur, go fucking help people, okay? Put 10 years in, go build a million, 10 million, whatever, $100 million brand, then then say you're an entrepreneur, okay? Go do something about it. All this fake bullshit, especially in the fitness industry, which I see all the dudes with sharp abs talking about they're entrepreneurs and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna sell you this program to get shredded. They're just fucking stealing money and I can't stand it. And it's not just fitness. He's fired up, ladies and gentlemen. He's like over here. I wish you could see. One of these days, Chris, I'm gonna figure out how we could live cast this. God, we need video. Ugh. He he is certainly fired up right now. You, you gotta build, you gotta build things in life, right? Because when you're gone, what do you leave behind? Your reputation and the things you've built. You don't get to take any of it with you, right? So part part of that equation that you know you just pointed out is people don't forget when you give. It's one of the things people remember the most about you. You know, I I'm not an entrepreneur. I. I I'm a teacher. Those of you who've been listening for a minute, you know that. If you didn't know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I teach in the inner city. I teach high school kids. And it's amazing. Now I've been doing it for about almost as long as Chris has been an entrepreneur. And kids come back and they visit. 
And it's funny. The kids that come back and visit are never the ones you expected. It's never the kid that took your AP course and used to stay after school to get extra help with you and went on to college and was super successful. It's the kids that... I'll give you an example without trying to put this kid out there. This past week, kids missed my class for about a week and a half. Haven't seen them, and we meet every other day. I haven't seen them about six classes. Comes to my class, sits down, puts his head down. Nine out of ten teachers let him just rock with his head down or kick him out for, you know, being disrespectful, whatever. I let class roll. Afterwards, I keep him back. Hey, man, you doing all right? Nah. No, I'm not. What's up? Pride. You know, if you ever worked in the NRC, you know there's a lot of pride amongst those that are struggling. Nothing, man. So I fly out and ask them, do you got a place to live? Man, I got a roof over my head. You eating? Nope. Went out to lunch. Brought him a sandwich. He didn't ask me. Didn't ask what he wanted. Just made an assumption. Brought him a sandwich. Gave him the sandwich. He shows up in the next class. I can see it in his face. Life kicked the dog shit out of him. You can just see, you you know the look. You can just see it. Grabs his notebook, grabs his fucking pen. He's nodding off in his seat. But he's trying. That'll be the kid that five years from now comes back and remembers me. These are the kids that, these are the types of things you want people to remember you. You want to have an impact on somebody. These are the kind of things you need to do. Yo, Steve. How tight is your money right now? Pretty tight. And those that haven't had money or don't have it are the first ones to give because mm-hmm. they know how it is to have a fucking empty stomach. N- n- not only was that a fucking immaculate thing to do for your kid and that is going to resonate with him. Let's just put into fucking perspective for the listeners that kid in a different circumstance 20 years ago was both of us. Yeah. I think that's it too, man. Both of us. And you know who I remember? Patty Corley. She's the same shit for me. Coach Kelly. Didn't have a place to stay. Homie literally set up a tent for me in his front yard. Because, you know, teachers can't have a kid live with them. But he didn't want me to be without. You know, those are the people you remember. And that's why I give so much. And that's why you give so much. And how much better does it make you feel? Honestly, I wish I could do more. Yeah, but you do it when you can. Yep, and that's what you got to tell yourself. You know, I think I think that's the other piece, though, right? It's not just the desire to build and that drive and that when you get punched in the face, keep moving forward. It's also I want to do more. I want to be able to provide more. Yeah. The drive's not just I want to build more. I want to provide more. This is why Steve's the co-host. Right, this is why Steve's a producer. This is why Steve is the integral part of this podcast is because not only does he get me and does he understand all the nerdy tech shit that I could look at for hours and still just think about food or working out <laughs> or something, uh, but you, you got to have like-minded people around you. And you know, Steve 100% knew nothing about what we were going to talk about today. And just let me rip. And the best part is he can add to it by talking about situations like he did to be able to help other people. Because ultimately, not only is that our mission for this podcast, but 
I think it's why we're both here. And I say think because I'm making a guess about Steve on this earth. I know I'm here to help people. Steve, I'm guessing, is here as well to do that just on a different platform. But with his platform and my platform and us doing this together, that's what makes it special. And, you know, I hope that today everyone took the information that we put out and 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 lets it resonate for a little bit. Let it let those words sink in about helping other people, mm-hmm. about having your heart in something and understand what an entrepreneur is, even if you're not. Because just like Andy says in the MFCEO project, just because you're not an entrepreneur doesn't mean you can't run your life like one. Yeah. My most valuable employees live their life like an entrepreneur. And I hope if it wasn't clear, that was kind of the point of my story. I ain't going to make any extra money by how hard I work in a day, but it doesn't mean that we can't take these exact principles. If you're like me and you're on a budget item for the government, doesn't mean that just because you won't make an extra dime for it, you won't make an extra difference yeah. for it. Yeah, guys, thank you for joining us today. If this was your first time, share this with someone if you liked the content. And if you didn't like the content, email us, thecwclinic at gmail.com. Again, thecwclinic at gmail.com. Email me and tell me what you don't like, all right? Because I look at that as an opportunity to get better. All right, and if you did like us and you want to tell us, fucking email us. All right, everybody knows how to get a hold of me, but email us, tell us what you think. Thank you for your time. I know today was a little bit of a different approach. You're going to hear more of this in the future. If you're not following me on fucking Instagram, there's something wrong with your with your brain. All right, follow me on fucking Instagram at Chris Warns One. Steve, do you want them following you on Instagram? I mean, they can. I'm pretty boring on there. Steve, what's your handle? Uh, J-A-X-O-X. I think that's it. Might be an 87 there. There is an 87. Say it yeah. again. JackSox87. J-A-X-O-X-87. You can usually find me tagged in Chris's posts when we do these podcasts. Man, I live life. I share my experiences with others. And if you want to give me some positive feedback, I know Chris is looking for the mistakes. I love to build me up. Send some good news our way. He's a handsome bastard. You guys can tell him. Mm. Guys, thank you for joining us for episode 13. We'll be back next week with episode 14. If you have any questions, get a hold of us. If not, fucking take control of life and kick the shit out of it. Don't make excuses. They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible. No plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language. It's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'ma get more guys to help me run the whole joint.